Feels kind of ugly, and we're doing it next on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone. I actually think that's the biggest part of this story is that tonight's the first night all year where I'm just kind of like, wow, we were not very good. Uh, I said that I said it on the broadcast in the, in the I think, early first, second quarter where I said to you, like, I don't feel like we're very good and we're up three. We should be up by 13. And then I honestly said to you at another time tonight, like, we're not very good tonight. Um, and it's a little bothersome to me. Like, like, I thought they were not very good. Now, you know, fatigue, and there can be all sorts of reasons. We don't even make excuses. They did, but I did not think this is the first time in 16 games where I really thought, like, oh, we played a team that we should probably beat, and mm-hmm. we didn't play as well as them, and we didn't play well, and the and I I, I I think probably the Jazz would agree. I just didn't think the Jazz were very good tonight. Even though our bench provided a ton of points, I also thought our bench was terrible defensively. And then Conley, um, Brunson, you know, had a great night. But I didn't think our bench was, was as good defensively as they have been. Uh, you know, points is always good. Um, they do a great job, average almost 44 points a ball game. But I didn't think our defense was that good from the bench tonight. You know, you knew the Knicks were going to come tonight. They'd had their yeah. players-only meeting, and they really need this. It's their first game of a five-game road trip, and frankly, the first four are pretty daunting. This is probably the one that looks most winnable to them. Like, you know, they they needed this game really, really badly. I thought the Jazz weathered that. Like, that's a little bit of my surprise tonight. So at the end of the first quarter, the Jazz lead at 27-23, and I thought, oh, well, they, they, they weathered that. The Jazz then allowed 38 second quarter points, and they allowed 38 fourth quarter points. Got careless, as we mentioned a little earlier, turning the basketball over. Uh, the 22 points off of those 20 turnovers, is, is that's huge. I mean, and, and think about that. With those 40 points in the paint, 60 points in the paint for the, for the Knicks, and a lot of those was because of the, of the turnovers. All right, let's address some of the things. So, I'll first say it's three-game losing streak, but I kind of look at the Washington game. Like, Washington hit a ton of shots. That happens. And Bede goes crazy. Okay, fine. This is the first time we're like, oh, like, this is a game, like, at home against the Knicks, who are not particularly good. Um, and I didn't think the Knicks were – I actually didn't think the Knicks were particularly good. And I thought they, th- they, they played defensively. They, they moved it around defensively. They cut off things. They, they had a pretty good night. 20 turnovers. What's going on with the turnovers? That they are they – are, you pointed out throughout the broadcast, they are problematic – Partially also because we're not a great transition defensive team, and when you turn it over 20 times, you're suddenly in transition defense a ton. I thought it was careless passes. Um, just think about uh, trying to pass the basketball that, to someone, and it's not there. Uh, forcing a turnover in traffic, um, you know, those type of things that leads to fast breaks because you got numbers automatically. And, and a, probably the, the biggest problem that the Jazz had. Uh, they'll have to clean that up. I mean, because this is not a team that's going to... Uh, Keller Olenek had a, a heck of a basketball game tonight, got in foul trouble, but he had a heck of a basketball game tonight, but it wasn't a dominant 26, 27 points. What did he have? 27 points. Uh, even though, he, you know, for the most part, he, he got it done. So collectively, this team has to do it as they've done you know, at the beginning, at the beginning of the year, we'll probably have to go rewatch this to know the answer to this question. But did the Knicks do something to take away Conley and Clarkson that allowed Kelly Olynyk to have this night? And that was their choice, as they said, "Fine, Kelly Olynyk is going to get twenty-seven and ten." But Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson were five of sixteen and three of ten. The Jazz guards were eight of twenty-six tonight. So just think about this, and just I don't know, visualize. Clarkson trying to break the paint, and then it's crowded. 
Uh, and then they're switching one through five, and, and, and Conley can't get his shots off there as well. So, and, and then when the turnovers were coming, they were trying to pass out of those things or pass in traffic. And then there you go, to the other end of the floor. But you got to give the Knicks some credit with, with the way they played the Jazz defensively. Um, even though the Jazz would get, what, 40 points in the paint, uh, transition points were even, 21-22 between the team. It was the turnovers that really did the job to the Jazz. Uh, t- telling moment to me that they were switching one through five and Mike wasn't able to take Julius yeah. Randle or R.J. Barrett, whoever got on him, that, that Mike, that's probably not a 35 years old, something that's in Mike's repertoire, right. which therefore really allows teams to do a lot of switching if you're not, if Mike's not able to take someone off the dribble. I think yeah. we'll see a lot more of that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Two reasons. One, he comes off a pick. He's not he's not one that's going to get that shot off quickly. I mean, he's, 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 he just slow sets up. But once he gets his feet set and he's set, I mean, he's deadly. I mean, he can knock those shots down. That's that's the big reason that he, he can't, you know, get those shots off. And, and then when you're defending him with a bigger guy, uh, it, it makes it hard to get those shots off. Um, if he's going to get those shots off and from now on, he's going to have to do it in transition for the most part. If, if the ball movement is not there. Might be interesting to go back and look at how Atlanta, Washington, and Philadelphia defended Mike. I don't recall. Sometimes, you know, somebody gets the scouting report, but Mike all of a sudden for the last four games is now seven of his last, sorry, I'm going to have to do some math here, 15 plus six is 21. Seven of his last 31 from the field, two of his last 17 from three. Hmm. That's, That's and it could be tired. He's played a lot. He's been brilliant. I mean, he had 12 assists, 13 assists, 10 assists. He's, he's been, I've said this numerous times, he's been the thread that's held the fabric of this team together. Um, he's been really outstanding, and it's been a burden. It reminds me a little bit of when he got the Jazz through COVID last year, and after that incredible wear and tear, he, he really slowed down. Um, and he's played a lot of back-to-backs and, and some things of that nature. <clears throat> the same, though, is a little bit true for Jordan. I mean, his last four games are 7 of 18, 8 of 18, 4 of 15, and tonight, 5 of 16. So Jordan's now dealing with being the number one option and having teams really guard him. So both our guards are really struggling. Okay. We're really talking, and you're absolutely right about everything the Jazz are not doing defensively and the problems that they have. Um, they get 111 points, David. They get up 43 threes and make 14. They're, they shoot 43% there from the field, which is back in the day, if you told a team to 41, 42%, you didn't win the ball game. You were just flat out terrible that night. Yep. And, but the, the, the big problem here is the turnovers and the fact that they just couldn't defend the, um, the Knicks. Yep. You know? Jalen Brunson have his way. Jazz offensive rating tonight fell in the 46th percentile of all teams, so they mm-hmm. were just about average. They weren't horrendous. Their defense uh, was in the 63rd. They did not. Neither team did a good job on the offensive glass we, or defensive glass. We knew that coming in. Both these teams were, were not very good defensive rebounding teams. Um, and both these teams took advantage, adv- advantage of that. And then the Jazz had a few transition defensive issues um, as well. But you're right, Ron. I mean, they're not far off, right? Like the offense right. doesn't make some shots and there, there's some aspects to it. Um, and Lowry Markinen has obviously been pinpointed by teams. He had 13 points tonight, was not as impactful as he has been on um, many other games. I actually spent a lot of the pregame talking to Tom Thibodeau, and he was telling me about how much he loved Markinen when they made the when they made the Jimmy Butler trade in uh, uh, in Minnesota. It was a hard one for him to make. He loves Jimmy Butler. He's like probably one of his most favorite mm-hmm. players. But 
he watched Markin in the draft and just loved him and knew that was their pick if they didn't make that trade and how much he, wa- he wanted to have him um, and all the versatility and how much Sean Miller spoke highly of him. So teams are teams have taken note of what uh, what Lowry's done and, and are reacting to that a bit. All right, shall we um, star it up, Ron Boone? Well, let's, let's talk about Sims and what Sims was oh, able gosh. to do. What did you know, he do tonight? Um, he dominated somehow. He, he was totally dominant. I mean, you look at the guy that only gets about 11 minutes of ball game, and, and I thought when the Jazz were, you know, for the most part had it going, he was the one that came in and kept things. He had eight offensive rebounds. He had eight of their 13 offensive rebounds. But he was the one that kept the Jazz from separating themselves uh, in, in the ball game, particularly because of his jumping ability. And, then, you know, like I mentioned earlier during the ball game, guys like that, you must know where he's at and put a body on him so he can't jump over you. Uh one question coming in, they'd like to know whether or not you might move Mike or Clarkson to the six-man role and let Beasley start at the two. Okay. Let's think about that a minute. Um, to get off, if, 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 if you continue to get off of the slow starts and, and, and Conley is ineffective, I mean, that's something that Will's going to have to experiment with, and, and he's doing a lot of that right now. Some of the lineups that he had out there on the floor t- uh, tonight was different and didn't get a lot out of Sexton tonight. As a matter of fact, I thought he was terrible. Uh, 17 minutes, one for five. He ended up with four assists, three points. It was a minus 17. Uh, that might be something good to experiment with, you know, because of his size, but the one thing that the Jazz have done the Who's was, going to run the right, team? Conley's got to be the point guard on the yeah. floor. The, the thing I think that we also ran into a little bit tonight on the bench play that you're talking about, Will Hardy's been very creative with having Colin Sexton match minutes with Mike Conley so he's not playing point guard. And he's been very, very successful at that. But at some point, Mike's got to go off the floor. Like Mike can't play, and, and I think we're seeing Mike wear down. So that if Sexton's trying to play with Mike Conley the whole time and Mike's playing 30 minutes, it's it's... It's hard, and, and so if you suddenly, like maybe Jordan's got to go help out Colin Sexton on the second team. They are very similar players. It seems like you'll end up with not very much ball movement if the two of them are on the floor together, but Jordan has defied that so far. So maybe there, maybe there's some thought there. I mean, Beasley really is playing. Again, he's experimenting. He's going to have to play with things, and I'm, they watch a lot of film. Um, and, you know, when you get playing teams where they have tremendous amount of size and length, yeah, it's going to be a problem for, for, for Conley. All right, I think this is going to be quick and simple. One of the plus minuses here might make you quiver, but Kelly Olenek is one of the stars tonight. There's no question on that. I think the other one is clear, but let's see what you go with. Beasley. Oh, I was not going there. Beasley off the bench. I was going with Fontecchio. Uh, yeah. He's a minus 19. That's why I said one of the plus minuses might bother you. <laughs> so you go with Beasley's a plus five, so right. you're letting him. All right, Ron's going Beasley and Olenek. Olenek. I went Olenek and Fontecchio and am now questioning my choice. Nobody has voted yet. No one's voted. Um, Hard to vote when you lose. Uh, why is Abaji not in the rotation? Um, he's getting G League time right now, and check out how he's doing in the G League, and hopefully he'll develop some skills there and uh, maybe at some point be able to get, get going a little bit. All right, so you know what? Jazz Huddle says, I agree with... Oh, I thought it said you, but now it says wrong. <laughs> Have a great one, everyone. Take care, guys.
Yep. It's on now. 